0: What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action dead. If someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person! Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did.
1: All right. Good afternoon to everybody. As you can tell, we are right back. In the same section we were last week, you may have forgotten from last week because we had a torrential downpour uh, <laughs> in the middle. Uh, we were just kind of there, okay, but we're enjoying the air conditioning today, which is great. Um, it is great to have everyone here. Uh, we're really specifically taking some time to marinate in this section right here. Um, it's important. It's uh, it's something that hopefully we're allowing our hearts to be questioned by. It. That's one of the things. I think sometimes it's really easy to just kind of read through things and we don't stop long enough to allow our hearts to be questioned by the text. And this is one of those we can kind of speed through. We've been talking a lot really the past few weeks, this idea of tension in the Bible, right? And, and again, there's this, um, there's a lot of concepts in the Bible. We started out with the idea of being completely and unimaginably loved on the one hand and acknowledging that I am completely and utterly wretched, all at the same time. And we can't have one without the other. We need to have, like, this tension. We need both of them working together. And the Bible is actually fairly, like, here's a number of these tensions that we have to be trained by the Bible to know, like, how do we handle these things? Because, you know, as we spoke a few weeks ago, if all I am is this wretched person that no one could ever love and how horrible life would be, right? I mean, that's just, that's so uh, painful to live that way. Um, but at the same time, if all we do is we're like, man, I'm I'm God's favorite. I'm so loved. I can't imagine not being loved by God. Everything I do is perfect. And, uh, you know, you, you have you just become out of balance. Okay. I'm going to pick up
0: that. I guess it's not okay.
1: So here's the thing. It's like these strings
0: right here.
1: <laughs> Tension, right? You've got to have them. If they're loose, do they play? Like, you have to tighten them up. I won't even mess with the knots because they're perfect. Okay? I don't want to mess with them. But, but what I don't want us to think about is I don't want us to think that when I'm talking about tension, I don't want you to think of, like, like we're walking this tightrope of discipleship that, man, if you miss, like, take one wrong step, you're dead for life, okay? I don't want us to, to mix our, you know, the illustrations here. I want you to think of this as, you know, you have to have these, uh, you call them strings, right? <laughs> 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 <Is that> right? <laughs> and it's got to be anchored here and here, right? And, and both of them are, are important, okay? And so that's why we're taking these, because oftentimes, Quite honestly, I mean following Jesus it's not easy. No way. It's tough. Right? But at the same time, it's very simple. We can make it so much more complicated because we try to do all of these like contortions around what Jesus has been asking us to do. And so that's the thing is is we want to be able to take these and what we began with last week was right here is this idea of faith and works like, hot topic in Christianity, not even in this decade, in decades, in centuries, is faith and works. Faith and works. I mean, it's, you go back, I googled that today, and it's absolutely an encyclopedia of a hundred thousand sites of how not to read your Bible. It was, it was, I was flabbergasted at how many times you went through it, I'm thinking, you know how many people Google this regularly and they're looking for answers? And this is what we have on Google. Like a bunch of like, holy moly. I mean, it's like twisting scriptures all over the place. And what I'm calling us to do is, just, hey, let's read the plain meaning of the text. Okay. But it's going to require us to do something. Um, All of us here, we probably have some kind of like filter that we're reading our Bible through. And most of the time, it's a filter of a tradition that we've grown up in. I grew up in a tradition, uh, in a Catholic tradition. Okay, I was taught there's like a a, a specific kind of filter in how we read the Bible. My wife grew up in a small Baptist church in North Florida, and there was a, a filter that you read the scripture through. I don't know what your background is. But almost certainly, we have a filter that we read the scripture through that is so important for us to lay that aside and read the Bible like it just dropped out of the sky in front of us and we don't know anything about Christianity. Okay? If it just dropped in front of us and we were to read the text and we were to read, let's say, the New Testament all the way through, we would have a fairly clear picture of what messes us up is the filters that we that we wear and we see things to and say, it can't be though. It can't be, Keith. You can't have this idea. Of, no, it's faith only, faith alone, faith, 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 faith. That's all it is, Keith. And I'm going, I think James has something to say about that. But key here's the deal, man. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, he said, he went against this. Let me, let me go ahead and, and read this, okay? So in Ephesians chapter 2, um, this is what Paul writes. He says this: for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You go, okay, here's what we have. We have a conundrum. If we don't begin to learn to handle tension, like biblical tension, what can be very easy to do is to go, Paul and James did not teach from the same gospel. (laughs) That's a tough one to swallow. To go, hold on a minute. but, But let me just read a little further. He says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I I know, here's the deal. We live in a time, we are so desperate to justify spiritual apathy. We are are clawing at everything we can to just, I just want to make myself feel okay. Okay. And, and so nothing I would like more than people would go, but keep your faithful. Keep your faithful though. Keep your faithful. And then here comes James, and James is telling me something that's kind of tough to hear. Because he's saying you can't just say you're faithful. You can't just go, no, 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 I'm faithful. Yet there's not a life to show behind it. James isn't saying hey, go and do things so you can be saved. He's not saying go and you can do great things and enough of them to be saved. James isn't saying that at all. And it's so important because this is so emotional. This is so emotional. We were literally at a family reunion that it, embarrassingly enough to me, I think we completely like destroyed the family reunion. I mean, the whole family was fighting at the family reunion, and it was from, uh, there was a guy not even, family. <laughs> <laughs> even from family. He wasn't from family, but it was it came down to this, and I'm like, well, no, this is yeah, faith ain't works, man. Okay and it created a stir I looked around the I'm like, I just ruined the whole thing <laughs> I mean this is emotional okay, and so I don't know how you're feeling about it, I don't know which tension you're more, I mean you may be on the side of things where you feel so comfortable just doing stuff that's religious and that makes you feel righteous with no faith at all not okay just like on the other side of going, but I have faith because I go to church and I say I believe in Jesus and I walk the aisle and pray the prayer and did all these different things, but I kind of do my own thing in life. Not, not okay, but we've got to have this. The Bible is pulling this tension on us right here, but let's stop for a second because I want us to just take some time to pray uh, and to pray that we hear his voice here okay that's what's so important because again I hope you never go to a church ever that you you feel in any way shape or form that you're going to go I hope that guy up front when he speaks today changes everything about my life if he doesn't if it doesn't come through today right something's wrong no 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 here's what I'm praying is that we hear Jesus voice that we hear the voice of God, that we hear the voice of our brother James speaking to us and and, and questioning our heart and our motives today. So take some time to pray where you are, just in silence right now, and then we'll continue in a moment. Father, thanks for allowing us to open your word, to read from your word. We pray to have eyes to see and ears to hear your word, your message, your ways, Father. And uh, we pray that you... um, uh, Father, convict our hearts. Um, Father, please uh, show us um, where uh, you're calling us to. Father, help us to be challenged. Help us to accept your challenge to our heart. And God, we love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Mm -hmm. So so again, let's, let's kind of go back and just define a couple of things. What that means is you have kind of like the simple word when he said, you know, faith, show me your faith. And essentially he's like, hey, show me. You know, when we talk about that, we're talking about like this trust that we put in Jesus. But even further than just trust, even further than just belief, it's loyalty and allegiance. That's what that word really means. It's a, it's a really jam-packed word of, of this idea. Of, it's not just I believe in you. Now, Jesus, I'm loyal to you. My allegiance is to you and you alone. That's where it all comes out, and then it's this idea that we see this word deeds or works or something like that. And that simply is actions that are consistent with apprenticeship in Jesus. Alright, remember that's one of the things Jesus calls all of us to is that we're his apprentices, his disciples. Right? He's not he didn't put his people just in a classroom to learn information. He brought them with him to learn how to do life and how to to live this way, okay? And so it's this idea when he says, show me your faith and show me your works. He's saying, show me your life as it pertains to actions that are consistent with apprenticeship in Jesus. Like, What does that look like? Okay, so let's take a couple seconds here and just go through the text again. In verse 14, he asks the question of all questions, what good is it, my brothers? If a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds, what good is it? And it's rhetorical. It's no good. Like, what good is it? it? Not at all. Like, what good is it if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds? When their life and their faith are not together, he's saying that like, that's no good. Can such faith save him? Right? Question number two. All right. And I, and, I, and here's one of my, my hopes. As, as we've been talking over the year about moving on to maturity and this journey of becoming spiritually mature, here's what my, my hope is. I hope that when we read things, when we study the Bible, we don't take it as like general teaching. I like, oh, this is just kind of a general thing. Maybe there's somebody here that this applies to. <laughs> All right. But this idea of really allowing the text to question me. OK, for instance, um, you know, he, you know, do you have faith, but no life or actions or decisions that an apprentice would have of Jesus? Remember, we talked last week about who our king is, who Jesus is, who we're an apprentice to. And we're an apprentice to a man who sacrificed, who was generous, who laid his life down, who came to free prisoners, who came to take the burden of sin off, who came to serve man? That's who we are following. We're a princes, and so that's what we can expect the training will be about. The, the training won't be about just being a good person in the world. Right. The training is going to be about us following Jesus and him directing us. Hey, go and serve. Go and proclaim the gospel. Go and, hey, you know, I can imagine a lot of conversations as I read the gospels of Jesus asking me questions about like, hey, what are you thinking about about this group of people or about this interaction? And did you see how I love them? That's how I want you to love them. All right, remember, James isn't discounting apprenticeship in Jesus. He's assuming that we understand that, okay? And so, again, it's this idea of of embodying, like, okay, am I truly being an apprentice? Have I truly been an apprentice of Jesus and have heard him, like, commanding me and teaching me not just what to do and what not to do, but how to love people really, really well,
0: how to love people
1: really, really well, okay? And so he says, can the faith even save you? He says, suppose a brother or sister is out closed and they don't have any food. And one of you says to him, go and I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself. If it's not accompanied by actions, it's dead. It's absolute like, like that's those are the ones that we have to settle down a little bit and really think through and go. He's not talking about there's good Christians and bad Christians. He's not saying there's healthy Christians and backsliding Christians. that, that I just tell you, man, I hear words that we make up about Christianity and about discipleship. I'm like, what are you talking about? backsliding Christian? I don't understand that point. Does your faith and action work together or doesn't it? All right, there's not like this in-between mode of like, I'm not really following Jesus, but I'm so glad that, that, you know, at one day he's just going to snatch me up to heaven one day. He says it's absolutely dead. And he goes and he tells them, Show me your faith without deeds. I think that's something for us to think about, okay? What if James, isn't it going to be cool to meet James one day? Like James was a real person. This wasn't just some story that was written and you meet James one day, but could you imagine if James was in your small group? Okay? Man, I'm telling you, there's like, you look at the history of our world and it's really cool. Civilizations long ago, they had really cool names. The Iron Age, the Bronze Age. You know, you had these incredible, you had the greatest generation back in, you know, and and I, I fear that we're becoming the Porcelain Age.
0: We're so fragile,
1: so sensitive. Man, if you say something I don't want to hear, I'm immediately going to throw up like this smoke screen of anger and like indignancy. And how can you say that to me? And you're so judgmental. And I'm thinking, if James is in my small group, here's my question for us. If he was in one of our small groups, would you like him or hate him? <laughs> okay. Because you know, what's your problem, Jim? Jim, what's your problem? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're like, he's like, no, no, no. Show me your faith. And I'll show you mine. Okay? See, that doesn't fly any longer. <laughs> because right now like, no, you don't understand. And I'm going, hold on, man. Every one of these guys I read about, I'm going, you know what they probably do really, really well? They probably love people really, really well. And you wonder what? They tell the truth really, really well, Yeah. You know? okay and so I'm not getting this attitude from James I'm just saying like hey this is a brother who I'm hearing and he's going Keith for real though show me your faith (laughs) like show it to me like examine yourself Tell me about your day. Tell me about your week. Tell me about your... And again, we can go into such, like, strange mode. I'm like, well, it's not about what we do. And, you know, we're human beings not human doings and all of these crazy, like, Christian sayings. Okay? And I could see James just going, boy, oh, boy. I mean, I feel like if I walked into James' small group, he'd be like, let's pray for our brother Keith, okay? (laughs) Because he's struggling. (laughs) Okay? Right, you know, it's just because, golly, man, we're just so not used to direct truth, right? Where it's just like, hold on a minute, show me your faith, and I'll show you my faith by what I do, and you're like, well, you're looking at how arrogant he is. Look how prideful James is here, you know? But then he says this. You believe there's one God? Well, that's great. That's fantastic. We can all agree there's one God. He goes, I can go to the atheist temple, and we can all agree. I can go somewhere, we can all agree. He's like, we can go to the demon convention and all agree there's one God. So let's all agree that that's not what we're shooting for, okay? Demons also believe that there's one God, just like us. It's not saving them, right? And so... Um, so as he goes on here, um, he continues like we talked about last week. He says, do you want evidence? And he continues, he starts showing us evidence. He's like, God called Abraham to, to come take his son. Up. And it blows our minds. We're like, oh, my goodness. I don't know if I could do that. OK, now here's the interesting thing. Let's let's contrast that with what God is asking us to do. All right. Let, let's contrast that. When he's saying, like, here's what I want you guys to do. Dying yourself. Okay? As I have loved you, so you love others. Right? A, a, a God who forgives freely. I want you to be... I want my church to be a church that forgives freely. Like, they do it really, really well because the, the king does it really, really well. Okay? Because I want your faith and your actions to be just identical side by side the same thing not separated into two alright and so he's going down again um, and he said this which is so important he says in verse 22 you see this about Abraham his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete alright there's this togetherness of the two And so again, hopefully we're questioning, letting the text question our heart. Wow, what would I answer? What would I answer if he said, no, Keith, we're going to do an exercise here, Keith. He said, you know, show me your faith. Uh, I went to church twice this week. Hey, that's great, man. For real. That's great. That's more than, than most people can say, all right? But sometimes we we like put something in and we're like, but oh my, can you believe how faithful I was this week? I mean, I spent two and a half hours with the body of Christ. All right. And it's like, I think we can do a little bit better. OK, but I want us to do this. I want you in your mind, in your journal, at home, in your prayer time to finish that sentence. I have faith and I'll show you. Here's what comes with my faith. OK, and, and I think there's a few things that can go along with that, it can be particularly difficult. Okay, so I mean, I have younger kids. We have a number of young kids that are in here. And you wonder what? In the matter of a number of years, they're actually gonna be looking for a spouse. Okay, my son is going to be, my daughter is going to be, believe me, that will happen. Okay, here's one thing I learned how to do really, really, really well when it came to me in my life of trying to choose a spouse, okay? I learned really well how to do everything wrong. There was not, listen, of all the people I dated before I became a Christian, not one was successful. Over zero, what I accomplished was hurting people, taking advantage of people, manipulating people, using people for my own pleasure. That's what I, I took from that. I didn't get any good friends. I didn't have any of those things. All right? I did that really, really well. You want to know what? We have emotional seasons of our life where one of the things I pray more than anything is like, if you're like, I'm like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm a preacher talking to his own kids here, but you know, I just kind of broaden it all the way out to the Harrington kids and all of this as well. <laughs> you know, is this idea of I have faith and here, Jesus, I will trust you. That's right that you will put me with the one that you want in the time you want, all right? I'm not gonna run around desperate and worried and anxious. I'm gonna go, God, I absolutely trust you. I'm gonna take a deep breath and I'm gonna follow you, okay? Because I trust who you are. Like, I pray that the children, I pray that they have conversations like that. Like, I get it. Okay, this is really, really tough. I have faith, but could I say, I have faith. What if James were to we go, do you trust God in how we use our money? All right, because we could go, I have faith, but I'm really stingy. Okay, I am really, really, really stingy. Okay, so I want you to think about that. If you were to go back to Jesus
0: and you were to go describe to me, how did you handle your money today? Man, I'm holding tight onto it because I don't know what I'm going to need it next and
1: I've got to have it. I've got to have a lot of it and I'm just going to be really stingy with it. Jesus would be like, do you know who I am? <laughs> like I'm generously giving myself to you. I'm generous in Everything. Okay? Jesus is like, I'm not trying to protect myself or to build myself worth. I'm not trying to do any of those things. I'm giving myself away. But oftentimes when we say, but I have faith, except I don't trust God at all with my money. I don't trust him at all. In fact, I want to build bigger barns. Like I want to stockpile more and more and more money because you want to know what, what happens if the economy collapses. Then what will happen? Okay? And I just want us to be very thoughtful about this, okay, is that statement alone is proof that I don't trust Jesus at all. I've got to do this. I don't tr- Jesus, I don't trust you with anything having to do with my money. All right? I don't trust you with those things. I don't trust you with my time. Like, that's my biggest fear is we're going, but I still don't have time. Like I keep filling my life with things to do and to be, right? And so, again, if James were to come and give a report to us and use this chapter, and even you're know, well, going, what about chapter one? It's really interesting in chapter one, he said, if you don't do what the scriptures say, it's crazy. You're like a guy that looks in the mirror and you forget what you look like. Like, this is nuts to have your faith and your actions not together, all right? And and again, my fear is that we could be very good people whose faith and actions are not working together. Okay, you can still be a good person, You can still do good things. You can still have good motives. You can still have all of these things. You know, my fear would be in James, uh, in his example here, when he said, you know, what if a brother or a sister were to
0: come to you and they didn't have food or clothing, right?
1: My fear isn't that the need wouldn't have been met. My fear is, is that we possibly could be in a place to go. I didn't even have any time to know that was going on. (laughs) just <laughs> a brother or sister without clothes and without food like why didn't somebody tell me because it requires intimacy in relationships it requires us to be together a lot it requires us to love and to know others and to be known by others There's this huge requirement. And so here's the thing. As I read this, what keeps coming to my mind is, is, Keith, I need to take just continually a deep examination of me. Could I, like, have a great conversation with James? Not to compete with James, but to go, okay, this is great here, okay? And I think some of the ways that might be really beneficial for us, let me, like, bring some symptoms up And then you think about this, okay? Um, So, frustration, spiritual frustration, spiritual discouragement, spiritual exasperation, spiritual boredom, spiritual apathy, okay? of these things are symptoms, right? And we're well aware, like, man, believe me, we should be good at knowing symptoms. We just became a country that knew, like, every single symptom of a virus, and we were so diligent about that. Okay, this is more important. All right, and, and so if you're like I'm apathetic, I'm bored with Christianity I'm bored with my God time, I'm bored with prayer I gotta just kind of muscle through I really don't want to go to my family group I really don't like coming on Thursday nights I really don't, like nothing's convenient everything's making me more tired okay, here's what I'm gonna say is like, absorb like, like, own that okay, here's what it's telling us it's saying, you're saying you have faith and you got nothing behind it you're trying so hard To do what you think is good enough. right? This is where it gets in. This is where Christianity just gets so, just such a chore. Because when we just try really hard, I'm going to try so hard. I'm going to try to be at church every single week. I'm going to try to read my Bible every single day. I'm going to try to pray an hour every day. I'm going to try. And what keeps happening is I get more tired and more apathetic and more bored. And you want to know what ends up happening? And this is, this is not as uncommon as people think. They leave the church. And you know what they say? Man, I feel like a waste to live to die. <laughs> people live, believe me. People go, man, I feel freed up right now. And here's the thing is, is that's not a diagnosis of the church, that's a diagnosis of faith and deeds. Because it's like, yes, if we attempt to carry out Christianity through the law, it will crush us. Versus this other side of it of when the faith and the actions are complete and they're working together. It's really fascinating because Jesus is somebody that takes the burden off, the pressure off listen, come to me, listen, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, like he meant that. That's not meant to be something that just like messes with all of us. No, 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 as disciples, when our faith and our actions are together, that's part of the fruit of that of going, man, you know what, life can be tough. Trials can come, just like James said. There are things that happen that I'm not even prepared for. They can be really difficult and really heavy. But you want to know what? When we are connected to the King Jesus under his apprenticeship, we're going, why? You want to know what? Is this is kind of like, this burden is easy. Because I'm not being asked to just try to do something. I really believe Jesus knows what I'm supposed to be doing really do trust in trials that I don't have to beg him to love me and to stop them, is that I truly believe that he's maturing us. Absolutely, okay? But it's when our faith wanes and it becomes like just leaky and all of these things, we start going, man, I'm going through a really hard time it's so hard and it is so, I'm so exhausted spiritually and I can't meet with people and I can't meet with my group and I can't come to church and I can't do all of these things because I've got so much going on and my life doesn't slow down because there's so much happening, okay? Just there's one thing that's happened. I've really decided I don't trust anything about Jesus. I I don't trust that he's with me. I don't trust that he's an author of some trials, and we go, I don't trust those things. I don't trust that there's a way out. I don't trust that. I'm just going to try to be really, really good, and that gets really, really tiring. And, 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 and my fear is, I know a lot of uh, <laughs> I know a lot of guys, a lot of ladies, man. You come here every Sunday. You want to do really, really good. You put it on. It looks really, really good on the outside, and you are just exhausted spiritually because you're just trying to do good things. But your faith and your works are not in action at all. There's no, Jesus, I just trust you. I'm totally dependent on you, okay? And that's where we get to, okay? So it's this idea, but how do you do this? Like, how do you get to a place where that happens? And it comes to this place where me and you, we have got to progressively become, like, we have to come to the end of ourselves. Like, it doesn't work. As long as we're capable, it doesn't work. As long as I can do my life okay, it doesn't work, okay? Is Christianity just doesn't work? We have to come to a place to go. Listen, I am so much at the end of myself. Like, I've gotta pray.
0: <laughs> I shouldn't. Do- I cannot do
1: the life of Jesus without continual and constant prayer, okay? So for me, when I'm examining myself and I look at my life and I'm like, my prayer life kind of stunk this week. Here's what ends up happening. I start thinking I can do it. Like I don't need to trust Jesus. In fact, I don't really need Jesus that much. Let me just try to do what I know to do already. On my own strength, okay, and so again, it's this idea of maybe we all have this a little bit where we're going, man. I haven't come to the end of myself. I don't need the church. All right, that, that's that. Quite honestly, over the last decade, is absolutely baffling on how many people can do Christianity without the church. That's absolutely baffling to me because if, if the Bible were to fall and hit me on the head and I would read the New Testament, I would never in a gazillion years think I could do this on my own. In fact, I would think, I need my brothers and sisters so much, so often, so desperately, everything else would have to come second. Okay? But listen, as the world, for real, like hear this, as the world has colonized the church, like remember what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be colonizing the world okay as the world has colonized the church we've looked around at one another and go man this church thing's not that big a deal I don't need my brothers and sisters I don't need to get with my small group I don't need to get with people I can listen I got the Bible I can do it on my own I'm going to, we have to hear something that's the world colonizing us and it's telling us we actually don't need Jesus We actually don't need what he's selling. We don't need what he's trying to tell us to do. And so we walk around kind of dead spiritually, right? Just like kind of like zombies. You guys remember the million-dollar question? Remember Feng Zhao when she was studying the Bible? The million-dollar question. We start reading about, like, don't worry. She's like, whoa. Okay, so you got to understand something, okay? Is Feng Zhao came from China. Like, she was a born atheist, man. I mean, she's like, the church is the enemy. And starts studying the Bible, and she's like, oh, my goodness. Christians don't worry?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she, she, I think she said like, like Keith, you won't ever worry. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know. <laughs> but here's the deal: is those are the kind of challenges we have to look at and go. You want to know what? Um, there are times that we're going to be tempted to be anxious and to worry and all of these things. But here's the thing: we forget oftentimes is that there's a faith and a trust in our King Jesus to go, you want to know what? It isn't just a technique I have to do. It's a faithful prayer oftentimes. I'm just like, hey, I'm nervous here. Help me. And I've got to do it for a long, long time. And I think that might be the hard thing for all of us. We don't want to pray for a long time. We don't want to stop for a long time. It's easier to just like give into anxiety and to worry and to all of these things. Just give into them selfishness and everything, instead of going, I might need to take a lot of time for me and God to get back on the same page because I'm scared and there's a lot of things in this world that are scary, okay? But again, it's this idea of if we're kind of handling this tension of faith and our actions, our apprenticeship in Jesus working together, we have to come to the end of ourselves, where me and you, we don't defend ourselves anymore, like, our first reaction can't be to be defensive if a brother or sister brings something to me. Okay? And, and, and I'm not saying that everybody just gets free reign to say whatever they want, but the first instinct we've got to be praying for, does God use my brothers and sisters to speak truth? Like, I just can't do my quiet times in heaven. Right? When I come to the end of me, I'm like, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm down whatever you want me to do. Because I am tired of me being in charge. I'm tired of me deciding how to do this. I'm tired of me deciding how to use my money and how to do relationships and how to do all these things. I'm just tired of it. Right? And it's not easy. It certainly isn't. Right, but can we get to this place, okay, of just the end of ourselves? There's two. We're gonna finish up, but there's two examples we see that are the polar opposite of one another. One is somebody that we read about and preached on and talked about a few weeks ago, the rich young ruler. He didn't come to the end of himself. His stuff was too important, right? And you remember, you remember what it says in Luke 17 or Luke 18. You remember what it says. He walked away. Do You remember how he felt. He's just sad. He walked away sad because his stuff meant so much to him. He wasn't to the end of himself. His stuff meant something to him still. And so he was just sad. But then Luke writes one chapter later later about Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus like, I'm done. I'm finished with myself. I'll climb a tree. I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, you have a guy who's like, I want to see that dude so bad. I will climb this tree. Because I want to see him. And you want to know what? He's going to invite me and like, hey, I'm coming to your house for dinner. And like Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to joyfully give away so much more than I ever even took. <laughs> In his joy, right? We, we even talked about the prodigal son who he got to the end of, of himself and he's like, I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to be with my father, right? That's what we've got to do to for this to be. Like intention to be working together the way James is talking of our faith and our deeds is going to require me and you to come to the end of ourselves, of fighting, of trying to make something of ourselves, of trying to make other brothers and sisters think we're something we're not. It's just pure and total surrender. And what's interesting is, is if we were to have a little small group campfire with Jesus... You know what's really amazing is Jesus somehow, someway is able to see things in us that we don't know is there. And I don't mean bad things. He's able to see something in Peter and in James and in John and in Andrew and these guys that they didn't know was there, right? But there were a number of layers that had to be peeled away. He knew it was in there. But it was going to take some time to peel those layers away, and we have to surrender to ourselves or the layers are not going to get peeled away, right? That's the beautiful thing about Jesus is he's looking, he sees us and knows us, and it's like there's something there that's greater than you even know. There's joy, and there's peace, and there's kindness, and there's patience, there's there's peace that you can't even imagine. It's there. Right? But we've got to be come, we've got to come to the end of ourselves for that to peel away enough to go, oh yes, that's what he was talking about. That's the man, that's why we love Jesus. Because he's not putting us through things because he likes to see us suffer or struggle or do any of those things. He's like, No, there's something great right in you that everything in the world is trying to put out. Okay. And utter dependence. So we're going to be singing a song here at the end, um, and I think it's the song we're singing, I Am Resolved, okay, and I love that word, because that's what we're talking about is this, we're coming to a resolve, a resolution, okay, is to put our foot down, me and you, and maybe it's just, I'm going to put my foot down and take the time I need this week to really dig in and examine deeply and I'm sick and tired of just like being bored of Christianity or Christianity is some kind of like heavy thing that I have to carry. I'm tired of that. I just want my faith and my actions to work together. Okay.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to nine four zero 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 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.